Hey, this is Eric. Before I do the ad reads, great news. We have a lot more female listeners than I thought, so some women-focused products have approached me to advertise on the podcast. In order to better engage my female listeners, my wife is going to help with the ad reads. This episode of Bring in the Backups is brought to you by Spartan ED Medicine. When I'm having difficulty achieving a full erection, I reach for Spartan ED Medicine. Only 15 minutes after taking a Spartan pill, my limp penis has transformed into a strong, healthy, girthy boner that I can have vigorous sex with. Good for straight, gay, or bi couples, there's nothing a Spartan cock can't handle. Pick up a bottle of Spartan pills at your local pharmacy and tell them Eric from Bringing the Backup sent you to receive a 10% discount. Spartan ED Medicine. You're going to like the way you fuck. I guarantee it. We're also brought to you by Flowerex Tampons. Is your current tampon uncomfortable or unreliable? If you answered yes to either, Flowerex is the solution your pussy's been asking for. Absorbent, flexible, fitting, and cozy, your box needs Flowerex when that special time arrives. Beyond its aerodynamic design that fits securely in your depths, Flowerex is the only tampon that omits an audible warning when toxic shock syndrome is approaching. Pull me out, you're gonna get sick. Flowerex tampons. You're going to like the way you menstruate. I guarantee it. Oh, what is up? Welcome to Bringing the Backups. I'm your host, Eric Helwig. On the show today, I'm talking to Flemlo Raps. Go on YouTube right now. Type in Flemlo, F-L-E-M-L-O, Raps. Subscribe to that page if you are a sports fan, let alone a human interest fan in sports. Flemlo is a must-follow. He is absolutely the best at what he does, which are these long documentaries uh, on individual players in and out of college football, the NFL. No one does it better than Flemlo. It was awesome talking to him. Follow him now. He gets the bring in the backups bump this week. Uh, we're also talking about P.J. Walker. Okay, current... Carolina Panther, but forever Temple Owl. He has left his mark on the the sod of Lincoln Financial Field. God, man, the Temple Owls need to get their own stadium on campus. I mean, am I right? We'll talk a lot about that on the pod. But look, I don't have time to fuck around, all right? I have a lot of shows to tell you about. So May 26th through the 28th, I'm in Vail for the Vail Comedy Festival. If you know people in Vail, you know, so if you have friends in the Illuminati... <laughs> I think it feels like a place where rich people murder people. That's all I'm saying. I don't know, but I'm going to be there. Uh, five different shows, one of which is this podcast, Bringing the Backups Live. Uh, I'm going to have a former NFL player, Joe Barksdale, coming on to the podcast. He probably knows some backup quarterbacks. Maybe he's my in. Huh? Get a couple of those guys on the podcast. It's going to be fun. That live recording for Bringing the Backups is on the 27th at 1030 all this information is at erichelwig.com. Once I'm back in town, I'm at the Skiptown Playhouse in Los Angeles on June 2nd. I'm out of the state in Bloomington, Minnesota at the House of Comedy on June 10th. Back in Los Angeles for the Comedy Chateau International Comedy Festival in North Hollywood, June 12th through the 18th. I'll also be June 14th at the Clubhouse in Los Angeles. I'm headlining the Bruheim in Anaheim on June 23rd. And I have two shows in Temecula. It's Empire Comedy at the Merc. I am your headlining comic there, too. That's June 25th in Temecula, California. All of these shows are at erichelwig.com. You can RSVP if they're free. There's a couple free shows in there, and you can grab tickets to the ones that aren't. 
Come out and support. If you're not supporting this show right now, it's easy to do it. Subscribe wherever you're listening. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Leave me a five-star review. You can also, uh, you know, leave YouTube comments if you're listening there. And obviously follow us on social media, all that good stuff. Guys, it's a kick-ass show. We had a kick-ass guest. I'm super excited to bring it to you. So enjoy it. Thank you for all your support. And let's get going right now. Grab your gear and lace it up. Helmets on and cup your nuts. It's that time you know what's up. Here we go. Bring in the backup. Oh, the show begins. Welcome in, everybody. Thanks for being present on another episode of Bringing the Backups. I got to sneeze. Oh, okay. I'm going to do the thing. Hang on. I'm going to drink water. You know, that's, I just did the thing where you, <clears throat> you think you're going to sneeze and you don't. And you you ruin the first 35 seconds of a podcast. I did that thing. So much to talk about on the pod today. Um, I mean, let's start with the fact that Nick Foles just signed a two-year contract in Indy, baby. Oh, man, I've never hoped for an injury more than what will befall Matt Ryan week one, game one. I mean, I hope he, I hope he suffers an injury that, like, you know, takes him out of the NFL for two years but doesn't hurt too much. I don't know what that injury would be. But Nick Foles needs to be starting every game for the next two years for the Colts, and they need to win two Super Bowls. I mean, I'm, I'm at that point now. I got so frustrated because, like, when they, they announced that uh, Foles signed with the Colts, there was, like, a little rumor, apparently, that the Eagles tried to sign him. And then all the comments on YouTube, on the, the video I was watching, it was all just, like, Foles sucks. His time is done. He'll do a one-year contract in Philly when it's over. It's like, fuck you. Eagles fans don't deserve what Foles gave them. I'm sorry. We just don't. Too many of us are, are weak. We're weak people that can't just trust in the magic of Nick Foles in Midnight Green. It's very frustrating. And it's to the point, almost like Joel Embiid with the Sixers, where... I feel like I might go with Embiid. Like, I'll always love the Sixers, but if Joel Embiid gets traded to the Grizzlies, I might be a Grizzlies fan now. It might be Grizzlies-Sixers. With this Foles stuff, it might be Foles and then the Eagles. I, I, I might be there. Eagles fans are pushing me there with the, with the disrespect towards BDN, all right? So that's number one. I had to, I had to get that off my chest. That's been... Just eternally frustrating. I am excited to talk about P.J. Walker. This dude, this dude is way underrated. I mean, I, I, I get why he doesn't have any NFL team crazy to play him. He's 5'11 and like 200 pounds, so he's like a little dude. But every time this guy gets a chance to play, the results come in cha-ching this guy is money we're gonna go over it later in the podcast but i really do uh deeply love uh pj walker so we are gonna talk about him and then obviously uh flemlo 
uh, raps is coming up later in the podcast interview with him, which was which was great. But, you know, let's just get started straight up with our voicemails, okay? The number to call into this show if you would like to leave a voicemail yourself, it's 323-716-6072. Again, that number, 323-716-6072. Let's see what the cat drug in on this episode. Bring in the backup's voicemail. Hi. All right, let's get to our first one right now, and here we go. Guys, it's Alex Gatlin. I'm so stoked to tell you about my very exclusive How to Make and Sell Your Own NFT webinar. You've got to sign up tonight, okay? Tonight is the cutoff, but I guarantee you it's going to be amazing. It is $1,000 up front. You will make that money back in no time, okay, guys? So, again, it's How to Make and Sell Your Own NFTs. It's only 1000 bucks. I promise you, you're not going to want to miss out on this. Sale ends tonight. So if you want to sign up, go to NFT the number four me dot crypto. Okay, it's NFT the number four me dot crypto. Yeah, this is a long one. All right, you can pay me in all major credit cards. Um, I will accept Bitcoin. I will accept Ethereum. Ethereum. I'm not going to accept uh, Dogecoin. Okay, so sign up tonight. I'll see you guys there. Okay, thank you, Alex. I guess uh, Alex thinks that the voicemail on my show is an opportunity to promote his own bullshit. So, not cool. Again, people out there, fans of the podcast, you can call in with actual sports questions. It's very easy. Just, you know, what do you think about the Raiders' offensive line? I don't care. Anything. If you are listening to this right now, press pause and dial the number 323-716-6072 so my friends stop calling in and promoting themselves on my voicemail. All right, with that, we're going to go to our uh, our next one right here. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, just touching base. Haven't talked in a while. It's Mike Perkins. Um, just wanted to see, uh, you know, I have a show this Thursday, uh, oh, the Mike. 26th, uh, 8 p.m. at Lost Ensemble in North Hollywood. You know what it is. It's another late show tonight. Uh, you know, the show I do once a month that's uh, pretty awesome. Um, you know, it's a late-night talk show. We have musical guests and comedians and stuff. And, uh, okay. look, hope to see you there. If not this Thursday, it's the last Thursday every single month. Um, so just wanted to hit you back. I know I haven't talked to you about it in a while, um, maybe about a week. I think I told you about a week ago. Um, but let's, I'll call back later um, and do the same thing. So, uh, yes, yeah, this Thursday, 26th and uh, 8 p.m., Lost Ensemble, another late show tonight. Hey, love you, buddy. Hope you're doing great. All right, see ya. All right, great. Uh, Mike Perkins. I I like that Mike Perkins also booked me on his show on June 14th, but didn't plug the show that I'm on. We plugged, uh, uh, what is it, late, another late night month show? I don't know. Some He has a show at Lost Ensemble in North Hollywood. You can check it out on Thursday, the 26th at 8 p.m. I mean, actually, if you, this will be out in time. So, all right, thanks for calling in, Mike. Uh, no more of this. I don't like this bit on the podcast. No more calling in to promote your stuff again. For you guys, the real fans of this show. The phone number is 323-716-6072. Let's get to our third voicemail now. I know I'm two weeks late, but it's your former fan from Anaheim. I just wanted to clear the air and let you know that I didn't have COVID before I met you. Oh I didn't have it when I met you. In fact, I tested myself after hearing your shitty podcast to make sure you didn't give it to me. 
you close talking bastard. You probably gave that whole ass brewery COVID when you spit all over that mic telling your shitty jokes. If anything, you're welcome because I sent that podcast to 10 people. So I doubled your normal audience for that week. Anyways, fuck off for your COVID free former fan. All right. So this is the dude in Anaheim that 100% gave me COVID. He's lying. He had it. He knows he had it. He knows the truth. I know the truth. That's that. Um, but that is great. I mean, this guy hates me now, but he sent the podcast to 10 people. That does double my normal audience. So thank you very much, fan in Anaheim. I'm not, I'm not saying his name for two reasons. I don't say people's name on the podcast unless they volunteer it themselves. And two, I don't remember his name because we liked, I think we Instagram followed, but it was too long ago. So I can't, I can't I've gone back. I can't find, I, okay, guy, call in Anaheim guy. By the way, he's full of shit. He knew I was, he's saying I had shitty jokes. I did not have shit. I don't have shitty jokes. I was fucking hilarious. I crushed on that show. So, guy in Anaheim, call back, say your name on the next message. You know, like, don't just act like the audience know, like the audience knows who you are from, what, that episode was two months ago. My COVID episode, that was, was like, literally, that was three episodes ago. Come on, Anaheim guy. Somebody needs to catch up on the pod. He's more revealing of himself. He's been falling back. You know, he probably hasn't listened to podcasts because he had COVID. Because he gave it to me and he had a bad case. He had it for a whole month. I hope he has long COVID. I hope he, every time he coughs or has brain fog, he thinks of me. And he thinks of that show in Anaheim where he passed it on to me because he was a closed talking guy. It's not true. I am a, I am a close talker. Thanks for being a fan. I guess formerly. Now maybe he hates me. I, I, I think he's joking around, but I can't really tell. I mean, look, I'll take anything with an actual call from a person that's not a comedian. By the way, that number again, 323-716-6072 to leave a voicemail asking me a question about sports or something. We only have one more for the uh, for this section. Let's go hit it right now. Hey, Eric, it's John Jones out here in Richmond, Virginia on the East Coast. Listen, I have a question for you, I guess, about sports, um, since that's your thing and all. Do you think that Tom Brady gets a lot of his power and ability to keep playing year after year from kissing his children and sucking their lifeblood? Um, or is that just a rumor? No, he does I'm that for real. I'm curious. I don't know. On a whole different note, though, I would really love it if you would tell everyone that my band, The Yami, has a show this Friday. Uh, it's oh going to be God. Battle of the Bands, Richmond, Virginia, best band, rock it out, and the winner gets studio time. So come out this Friday, May 27th, and check us out. Uh, we will be screaming and yelling and rocking as hard as we can. Um, or don't. I don't know. It's free country. Do whatever the hell you want, you know? All right, so on Thursday, I would like the Bring in the Backups legion of fans to be in L.A. to see Mike Perkins and his show, which I just looked up. Another late show tonight. Another late show tonight, which is great. By the way, do you want to hear? This is my impression of every late-night host right now on TV. Are you ready for it? Here we go. I don't usually do impressions, but here's my impression. Kill All right, so we're going to see Mike Perkins on the 26th. On Thursday, and then you're going to get on a plane, you're going to go to Richmond and see the Yamis with John Jones, my friend JJ, 
the Yamis on Friday, May 27th. Uh, you can get all the information for that at the Yamis, Y-A-H-M-I-S on Instagram. Do me a favor, follow Mike Perkins too. Mike Perkins and then underscore at the end of his name. Looks like Mike Perkins couldn't get the first Mike Perkins. Who's the who? I wonder who the first guy is. Probably some dude with like seven. It's probably some guy with like seven followers and the only photo is like him going to see the first Avengers movie 12 years ago and that's all he has and he and Mike Perkins is just waiting for that dude to die and lose his Instagram page. Follow Mike Perkins, follow the Yamis, and then uh, follow Alex Getlin too on Instagram. He just got a job on uh, on Beep News. He's the head writer on Beep News. It's like centrist, libertarian, something like it's like the Onion for not progressive people. I guess I don't know. It's it's fun. It's like it's cool. It's whatever. Comedy news from a different perspective. If you'd like the more progressive perspective, I've got it here for you too. Kill All right. So let's. With that, we're done with the voicemails. Bring in the backup's voicemail. Hi. All right, let's get back into PJ Walker, all right? PJ Walker, my man. This dude kicked ass at Temple, all right? That's where we start. That's where the journey starts, okay? Uh, he had an amazing junior and senior year, Took uh, made the Temple Owls go 10-4. and four. In 2016, they won the AAC, which is the first time they'd won a conference championship in almost 50 years. He holds like every record in uh, uh, in Temple history. It's great. He's got passing yards. He's got touchdowns, completions, attempts. He threw for over 10,000 yards. He has the most wins ever in Owls history with 28, which is not very good. But Temple sucks in football. We all know that. But he, there's no question he had great stats. I mean, he ran for almost 1,000 yards while he was at Temple. Really wasn't a full-time starter until junior, senior year. But he was awesome. And, like, in college, you know, he's 5'11", 205. You can get away with that. Be a mobile, smaller quarterback. Once you get into the NFL, things get a little bit harder for P.J. Walker. But I'll tell you what, this dude steps up. He signs with the Colts. In 2017, he's an undrafted free agent. He does that shit where he gets waived and re-signed and waived and re-signed. Practice squad guy for two years. Now, in October of 2019, that's when the XFL started drafting people. And it was weird because like, I think it was the Steelers wanted to pick him up. But he had already... Like, the period of, like, once the XFL drafted, like, they had the rights to him. So, they put him on the Houston Roughnecks. What a cool name. By the way, Houston Roughnecks have the oil derrick on their helmet. And, yeah, I don't love the color scheme for that XFL team. But I love the oil derrick. Am I saying it right? Derrick? Oil duct? You know what I'm saying. Oilers. Earl Campbell. You got it. That thing. They're paying a little homage to Houston football in a way that I wish the fucking Texans would, but they won't. But yeah, he crushes it in the XFL. He the, the, he goes 5-0. and oh. They only played five games until COVID ruined that for us. But he was like the best player in the league. His XFL numbers are insane. He threw for almost 1,400 yards, 15 touchdowns and four picks, leads the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns. 
He's he he was legit. He showed people he can play, and you watch him, man. I mean, I he to me is like uh, reminds me a lot of Tyrod Taylor, who was undersized, who came into the league at a tech with no fanfare, but like had enough arm strength, could move around in the pocket, could scramble and kind of be a playmaker when things broke down. And honestly, just appears to have very good leadership qualities. I mean, Tyrod Taylor, I don't know how we have not had an episode about Tyrod Taylor. on the, he, Like, this guy, you talk about snake bitten. This, this man deserves a Super Bowl run, if any backup has ever deserved one. I'm, I'm hoping that P.J. Walker gets a shot in the league. He's with the Panthers now. He signed with them um, after the XFL folded. He's been with them for two years, partially because Matt Rule who was his coach at Temple, is now the coach in Carolina. So he's got, I mean, look, he's third string, but he's got a shot there. He's going to beat out whatever crappy undrafted quarterback is going to battle him in camp. They still got Darnold. That's not going to work. They drafted Matt Corral, who I think kind of sucked in college, personally. I watched a lot of old Miss games where I was like, it just seems like the defenses aren't trying. Like, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not sold. I'm sure, watch him be great now. When I say I'm not sold, I mean I just want P.J. Walker <laughs> to become the guy. I mean, how cool would that be? The Panthers are good this year because P.J. Walker ends up playing. But I wanted to take a second. to I want to do a little Tyrod Taylor spinoff here. I mean, first things first. He's now with his sixth team. He's in New York. But he's been Baltimore, Buffalo, Chargers, Cleveland. Chargers is where he really got effed, man. Well, he got like his lung punctured or something. He got like the Steve Irwin treatment. <laughs> he got straight to the straight to the lungs. No, Steve Irwin got the heart. Um, then he's he spent one year in Cleveland, one year in Houston. Look at this. He's been on so many crappy teams, and still his win loss record. He's twenty six, twenty five, and one. He's a, he's a plus five hundred quarterback. Look at his quarterback rating throughout his career. He's 88.2. The dude is a he's above average. He's good. I'm telling you, I think Tyrod's still got like one more run in him. I mean, he's looking to be a little bit older now. He's probably like 33, 34. I mean, I remember him when I was in college playing. So that, you know, that means he's old as fuck. But Tyrod, Tyrod's got something, and and if he doesn't, I feel like uh, you know, the, the the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. We lose Tyrod to, to Father Time, but P.J. Walker's coming in right behind him. And I think P.J. Walker has a place in the NFL. I mean, look at, look at these numbers P.J. Walker has. I'm going to tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, in the NFL, he's thrown two touchdowns and six interceptions. He's got a rating of 51.6, and most importantly... Two wins, zero losses in his starts. Excuse me. Sounds like if you start him, you're going to go 17 and 0. That's what it sounds like. XFL, he was 5 and 0. In Temple, junior year, senior year, 10 and 4, 10 and 4. This is how winning is done. I, I, I don't know how you, how do you not play a guy who just keeps winning? How do you do it? Can't do it. I'll tell you, I can. Obviously, you got to start the season with Darnold with the Panthers if you're Matt Rule. 
whatever. You got to give Matt Corral a chance. But when things go south and the Panthers are, you know, three and ten, and in comes PJ Walker, guess what's going to happen? They're finishing seven and ten. This guy is a winner. And his, I also, I want to say, I watched a lot of his highlights, XFL, NFL, and in college. I watched a film breakdown of one of the games where he threw, like, two picks and one touchdown, and they were like, he's a lot better than this stat is reading. Like, he's had a little bit of bad luck in the eight games he's played in the NFL, almost exclusively with, I mean, all his snaps come with Carolina. Everything else was with the Colts was preseason. But he's a lot better than one touchdown, six picks. So I'm buying in fully on P.J. Walker. I didn't decide to do him. Uh, Flemlo, my guest, mentions him at the end of the interview, which you're going to hear, and I was like, oh, I'll do a P.J. Walker episode. I'll, I'll talk about Temple. I'll talk about them not building that stadium. Oh, God. Here's a, here's a game for, for listeners out there. Can you name the four college teams right now? I, I've given you one, Temple. What are the four teams where the college team – Division one plays in the NFL stadium of that city. Can you name them? We got Temple. We'll go with the, I think, with the most obvious one is Pittsburgh. They play in, in Bain's home. Yeah, every time I watch a game there, I'm just expecting Bain to come and blow up the field. You got Pittsburgh, you got Temple. You've got, I think the hard one to remember is going to be the University of South Florida plays in Raymond James Stadium where the Bucks play. Ooh, talk about a color clash. That doesn't look too good. And then the final one is the Miami Hurricanes playing in the whatever, the hard, hard rock. I don't know. I feel like the Miami Stadium has changed a bunch. I mean, all I think of is Ace Ventura where it was Joe Robbie Stadium and there's a dolphin kicking field goals. I know that movie is a million years old too, but that that's where my mind goes. Man, Miami is a soulless sports culture, isn't it? Man, you watch these Heat playoff games right now. They're in the champ. They're in the the what do you call it? like the championship? Not the championship. The thing. The finals. The Eastern Finals. Thank you. Conference Finals. And the game starts, and it's like it's like a, it's like a third full in the bottom part of the arena. People are showing up halfway through the first quarter of the championship finals. I mean, are you kidding me? When the series goes back to Boston, there's like people with like their chest painted green, like real fans. Everybody has real fans. What is it with my, it's Miami and it's LA, man. Like the culture, the sports culture suck. It's because people feel like they got better stuff to do. They're like, the team has to earn it. Fuck you. Fair weather fans, it sucks. I, 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 I can't root for those teams. I can't root for those fans. I don't, even like, I don't even like Boston. I don't like the Celtics, and I'm pulling for them right now. Just to show these fans, like, get your ass to the game early, you losers. Step away from the dance floor. Okay, leave the cabana room 20 minutes sooner and get your ass to the playoff game where tickets are probably $1,000. Go ahead and be there the whole time. Could you imagine spending $1,000 on a ticket and then like lazily showing up? Like, what kind of Illuminati shit is that? (laughs) 
I don't know. I, I don't I don't get it. Anyway, the point of this was PJ Walker is the shit. All right. And I'm hoping he gets a chance this year. He's gotten he's gotten to play twice. Every season he's gotten to play in Carolina, start a game. I feel like uh he's you always need that thing where the coach is there. You got the coach that believes in you, so as long as Matt rules in Carolina, it seems like P.J. Walker is going to hold his own and and keep a job. I'm fucking for it. And what do we got to do to get Temple that stadium, man? The the people in North Philly are like, you're not getting a stadium. We don't want it. I mean, Temple, you got to get that shit done, man. I mean, of all the teams that play in the, the, the local stadium, Temples is by far the shittiest. It's so far away from their campus. They've never played on campus, which sucks. They've had a football team since 1892. They've won 20 games total. And they play a million miles off campus. There's no that, That's the whole thing about college is you got to be on campus for the experience. Temple's got to get it done. I mean, just pay, pay the neighborhood. Make it worth it for them. You know, I'm not about, like, these stadium deals that, like, fuck the people that live around it. But you find a way to make it happen. I mean, seriously, they do that. Temple becomes a top five, like one of my favorite teams because I'm a Philly guy. So, like, I'll, I'll go to games all the time. I'm a, by, by, I'm a Philly guy. I mean, I've never lived there. I just root for their sports teams. Anyway, I think we've covered P.J. Walker. That seems like enough. Um, I'm going to play one more bit for you here. That's right. I actually did a, one of my pre-planned bits. Those used to happen a lot about a year ago. When uh, you know, I really believed in this podcast, but as the as the dream fades, so did the pre-planned bits. But you know what? I went ahead and did one. I don't know about you guys, but I've been feeling a little bit stressed with my YouTube algorithm lately. Anybody else feeling that way? Any else? Anybody else feeling like a certain thing is popping up in their YouTube algorithm over and over and over again, making it harder and harder to get work done? Because you keep getting sucked into the how bad a relationship could possibly go. Well, me too. And that's why I, I did a deep breath session for you guys here. To help you stay centered, meditated, focused. So enjoy it. This is for you. Bring in the backups presents deep breath, a practice of mindfulness and meditation, and a deep breath in, and a deep breath out. Your breath is your guide, slow and steady, like an old river weaving through a bountiful forest. Allow your breath to lead you, pay attention to it flow with it. Be one with the breath and dance in blissful union with it. A marriage of breath and attention. Marriage. I mean, who's doing that now? I mean, with this court case, with the pirate and the husband beater? I mean, anyone getting married better be doing a quick mental inventory of the last fight they had. You know, watching a little game film film on it? Like, oh, she's shit in the bed. Maybe I shouldn't marry her. Yeah, you think? 
And, and, and enough of the fake ass it takes two to tango crap. Okay, this fucking loon cut off his finger, beat the shit out of him, extorted him, falsely accused him of abuse, and then hid behind the Me Too movement, making it harder for actual ladies getting tossed around to speak up. I mean, how many audio confessions do we need to hear from this stone-hearted, gold-digging, James Franco fucking psycho before people stop blaming the victim? She cut off his fucking finger. Daenerys Targaryen becomes Aquaman's lady. Jack Sparrow is back. Case fucking closed. Fuck Amber Heard and anyone who doesn't have the stones to say it. And a deep breath in. And a deep breath out. Just breathe. I don't know about you guys, but I cannot get enough of that shit. Deaf heard. I mean, it's it's good. It's good stuff. I mean, I mean, I don't think you can argue that it's not like the most compelling thing. I mean, but, but the problem is, is I work remotely, so I have to be efficient during the day with my time. So I'm like, oh, I'll take a little five minute break here. Pop on YouTube. Oops, forty five minutes. Watching a doctor's cross testimony about fucking different types of mental illness that uh, the redheaded lady from Aquaman has. I'll watch that. It's consuming my life. It needs to be done. I think by the time this podcast airs, maybe it will be done. I mean, I don't know. How much longer? It feels like it's been going on for months. How many more? See, how much? How much more stuff could have gone? At this point, the trial lasted longer than the relationship. Let's just end it. I mean, if he loses, I mean, I guess, I guess we just know that guys cannot win. <laughs> I mean, you just can't. I mean, how often she confesses so many times, like just confessions, just I hit you. You're not abusing me. I'm abusing you. And people are like, ooh, hey, 50-50. That's what sucks. As a comic, I do that stuff too where I'm like, oh, I just want to try to have the different take, be a contrarian. But like sometimes it's like, do you need to have the new take? Do you need to say, do you, are you, as my wife says often, a lot of people just seem like chodes trying to be different. Anyway. All right, enough of that. I had to get my dog trained. You guys know Gordon. He appears on the podcast often, sniffing and huffing and annoying me and clomping around on the floor. Sweet dog. So we took we, we went to this trainer who we paid 150 bucks to. Didn't train the dog at all. Just talked to us the whole time with, with us standing in a dog park. That's number one. And the only thing we really gained from it is that our dog thinks we're boring. Because you're supposed to make it so, like, like if you're really training your dog... Like the dog only is excited by you. Like he only gets, he only cares about you on walks. Like he's not looking around at other stuff. He's not interested in other dogs. He's not interested in other people. That's what a a really well-trained dog does is like he just pays attention to the master and the master plays with him when he wants to play him or her. And, uh, and when the master doesn't want to play, then the the dog doesn't play. The dog is just, he, his, his life the sun rises and falls with the master. 
And the, and the more this guy talked about how he trained his dog and showed us videos of how obedient his dog was, it just seems like he's fucking his dog. Like, there's really no other way to say it. If your dog is really well-trained, you're probably fucking it, right? I mean, am I wrong? Does the suspicion meter not go up a little bit if somebody's like, you know, they can whistle from 20 meters away and the dog just stands at attention and turns back? When I see that, I think that dude's penis has been in that dog. That is my thought. And I'm, I know it's not a great thought to have. It's not a pleasant thought to have. I'm just saying some of them are fucking their dogs. 100% of dog trainers are fucking their dog. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to get, I'm not going to leave my dog with this guy. To get fucked, I think, I think he's going to try to fuck Gordon. That's what I thought might happen. I was worried about it. And then there was a part of me that was like, well, what if he does group classes? What if he does group classes? It's much less likely that he's fucking all the dogs in a group. But then I thought maybe it's just a dog orgy. I just, I'm uncomfortable with dog trainers, okay? The way he was talking about, like, the little, like, thing you like the little shock it's not a shock collar it's like it's like a vibration or something yeah, whatever he's finding a nice way to be like i'm gonna shock the shit out of your dog to train him to do stuff and it was like he was like yeah you know sometimes owners use it too much so i'll like i'll put it on them so they see what it feels like i'm like okay and he goes then if an owner is overcorrecting the dog i'll put it on them and then i'll zap them so they i'm, I'm like what what are you saying dude you just sound God, he just sounds like he fucks dogs and owners that are down for it. That's just what it feels like. So we decided not to train our dog. He's just going to die the way he is, which is to say we got a great dog. Gordon Gordon does not – he is bored by us. He does whatever he wants in the house. We leave the toys out for him. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to take the toys and then choose to give the toy to the dog. Here, now you have the toy. Now you play. And you take it away from them later on. We just dump all the toys out. We're like, just take them when you want them. Gordon just hangs out. He's like a third roommate in the house. And yes, he's a little stubborn on walks. He doesn't really play with us. He's, he's, he, he loves us. He cuddles with us, but he's not. <laughs> he doesn't seem very dependent on us. And I'll be honest, I like, we got lucky. We got lucky. He's, he's not that well-trained, but he has a great temperament, so it works. Uh, the way he is works, so... I don't know. Look, maybe we'll do some training later on, but it's like, you know, it's just sometimes you just look at your dog and you're like, you're just fucked up like I am, all right? You're going to be a, a, he's going to be an asshole on walks and I'm going to still kind of think that eating salad is gay until I'm dead, all right? That's, and we're going to work on it. We're going to try to get a little bit better so that our my life and your life is easier and we'll take little tips along the way. I, you know, I'll go to therapy. I'll keep, treats in my pocket so he can stay closer on walks but at the end of the day he's fucked up and I'm fucked up and I feel like if I let that dude fuck my dog it's only going to get worse so no dog training if anybody here in you know Hollywood California is listening to this show and they had a dog trainer call into the show and tell me if you had any any suspicion that the trainer wanted to fuck your dog. The number here is 323-716-6072. And I know this sounds like a bit and it's obviously hilarious but because I'm very funny, but that's not the point. 
I actually want to know if other people think this sometimes. If you think <laughs> that dog trainers are trying to get it wet with the dogs they're training, I, I don't think I'm off base. This is the weirdest way to introduce uh, Flemlo, <laughs> but I feel like it's time to do that. Uh, I legit, I have to say, I legit had a great time uh, with this week's interview. And the reason is because I, I, I said this to him. You're going to hear me say this to him on the podcast. I think Flemlo is the best in the world at what he does. There's like everybody has like their specific thing they do. And some of those things that, you know, somebody's like, I'm just a salesman or whatever. But like Flemlo picked a part of the Internet where it's like, you know, those videos where it's like, what happened to blank? Whatever happened to blank? And those are always the titles. What happened to this guy? And sometimes it's actors and sometimes it's politicians and some guys, it's, sometimes it's that dude from California that blew his brain off during the press conference. Highly recommend checking that out if you haven't. Ooh, he bleeds like crazy. But Flemlo was like, I think he takes it from his own personal life experience of like he does it with football players and he does these like 20 minute YouTube videos and they're so well done. They're well researched. He's got a great voice. He just takes you on a journey and he's, the, he's a guy... I didn't realize, like, my buddy was like, you got to get this guy Flemlo on your podcast, man. He does the best videos. And I was like, who the fuck is Flemlo? And then I looked him up and I was like, I've watched every video that he's ever done. I just didn't realize it because on YouTube, stuff pops up in your algorithm without you following. You know, it's almost more important to like stuff than it is to follow or subscribe to a page. But anyway, once I realized this is the guy that I was a fan of, asked him to do the podcast, came on. Really, really excited to hear a little bit about his life, how he came to do what he does. It's a really inspirational story for people out there that are struggling or maybe doing something they don't like to be that they don't like what their life is doing, the direction they're headed. And taking a fucking shot, man. You know, you only get one life. You get one life. Uh, so yeah, I had a great time talking to him. I think you guys are gonna love the interview. So definitely check it out. Uh, I will do one more plug very quickly and say, if you are enjoying this podcast, please tell a friend about it. Pass the word. Just like that COVID-having motherfucker in Anaheim that sent it to 10 friends, send it to 10 friends yourself. Spread the word about the podcast. It's all word of mouth here, and it is greatly appreciated. With that, let's get to the interview. Flumlow Raps, you need to follow him on YouTube right now and let this interview be the proof of why you need to do it. I just started a podcast because I'm a stand-up, and they were like, if you don't have a podcast, you can't do stand-up comedy. That's the, that's the rule in clubs. They're like, you have yeah. to say your podcast before you walk on stage or just like an invisible shield stops you from entering. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the entrance fee, huh? Dude, yeah, it's, I don't know, man. It's, I always in my head, I'm like, everybody has a podcast. Everybody has yeah. a podcast, but then you look at the numbers and they will be like 0.05% of people in America know what a podcast is. So it's really? like, it's, it's just people that I feel like it's like creative people have yeah. it, 
but it's just other creative people listening. <laughs> and there's like, I mean, if you go to Missouri, five people listen to podcasts. Like I do yeah. think that's the reality. Yeah. And I you can know? see that, but I, I never would have guessed that to be honest, man, at this point, cause I know um, I get people asking me about like podcasts and things like that, but they, they still don't really know what's going on with it. So I get you right. I feel like um, I feel like you have built your thing on YouTube, which is one hundred percent the smartest thing to build a presence. A hundred percent. Like, yeah. I mean, when I'll I'll send people like if I'm you know annoying people on Instagram like who followed my stuff, I'll be like, oh, listen to the podcast. I'll send them the the Apple Podcast or the Spotify, and they're just like, is it on YouTube? YouTube like everybody's <laughs> YouTube is the thing that you put on when you're at work like YouTube is just so easy it's an extra thing to have an app in your phone or to yeah. figure out like all that other shit so it's like Man, you, it's you, you've, you've I, brought your yeah. message to the people yeah <laughs> yeah it, it worked out that way um the reason I even started YouTube in the first place this was seven six seven years ago I was playing I was trying to get good at Call of Duty bro I was trash <laughs> at Call of Duty I went on YouTube to get like some tips trying to see, you know what I'm saying? So I was watching this dude. He was giving tips or whatever. I'm getting better. Cool. One day I go on the channel. He uploads a, a house tour and he's like, yo, this is all thanks to y'all. It's like, what is he talking about? <laughs> How the hell is it thanks to us? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I uh, do a little bit of research, realize these cats making real money, off, like making a living off this. Yeah. I had dropped out of college as a senior, by the way, <laughs> my last year of school, I was like, I don't really want to do this. I was majoring <laughs> in psychology and I was yeah. interested in psychology, but I didn't want to work in psychology. So anyway, I had dropped out of school, man. I was working in sales. I had been doing that at this point for like five years and I was successful. I was making good, good money, but yeah. you know, I ain't going to do that with the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So I kind of looked at, I looked at the opportunity and I just jumped on it. Like my first 60, 70,000 subscribers on YouTube was me doing gaming. You know what I'm saying? I was doing completely different type of videos than what I'm doing now. Did, I was what, doing like- What like, happened when you started doing the sports videos? Did the gamers fall off or did you- Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So initially, man, when I made the announcement, cause I did gaming for a strong like two years, something like that. I built up a decent little following, man. Dudes was like hot. Like when I made the, I made the announcement, like I'm not doing no more gaming videos. That's that's dead. I'm done. I'm moving on to this. You know, y'all can roll with me. If not, I understand. Man, dudes were sending me messages like, I'm getting off the, the sinking ship right now. This all this type like crazy stuff. Like cats was mad, but a lot of cats were supporting too. But man, the first what happened to video I did, it just took off. It got like hundred thousand views. And at this point, you know, I'm doing gaming. I'm uploading three videos a day. They might, they probably, you know, it was doing good. Probably get like. 15, 20,000 views a piece eventually, like over yeah, yeah. like a week. And, you know, that was great. But I knew it was something to like the style of video that I'm doing. You know, I knew it was something to it. So dude, we, there was people jumping shit, but man, we was growing so fast that I, I didn't even notice. Like once it started, I didn't even notice the people dipping. I will tell you this, man. I think you're the first person I've had on the podcast who is the best in the world at the thing they do. Like oh, I, I, I actually think, hell of a I actually Thank think you. you are the best at what you do. It's a very specific thing. It's yeah, talking yeah. about 
uh, players that washed up and all your sport. I don't know how you describe your sports videos. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. That's it's it. like it was funny because my my buddy who uh, comes on the podcast a lot was like, "You got to have this guy Flemlo on the show." And I was like, "Okay." Who? I was like, "Who the fuck is Flemlo?" And then he sent me. <laughs> Your videos, I was like, I've watched every single one of these videos. Like, I just haven't, <laughs> I haven't subscribed. I don't, I didn't know it, but I was like, as soon as I heard your voice, I was like, I know this guy. I know this dude. Yeah. It's like you. I'm telling you, man. If I had kids, I would pay you to read them like bedtime <laughs> stories. Like you have, you paint the story so well. Like I really mean it. I feel like, I feel like you're the best because every other every other YouTube video where I click, it's got an interesting title. It's like a fucking robot explaining like this was the yeah, thing that happened yeah, to yeah. Taj Boyd. I'm like, why can't you just talk into a microphone like a human being? But right, I, I feel right. like you just, and you've obviously like you go back and watch your older videos to what you're doing now. Like even the setup you have behind you. Yeah. Like you've just, you've just made it to where it's like, I can put your stuff on in the background at any point And it like, it's like a calming, it's calming. And I get to think about sports when the season's over. It's great. I mean, I, man. yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm just one of the best compliments I ever got. Well, remember it. Remember me when you're <laughs> when you're at 10 million YouTube subscribers. Be like, who was that right. guy that asked me to do a shitty podcast? Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> he gave me a great compliment. My boy, Eric. <laughs> um, I saw. So you said you were doing sales. So my day job yeah. right now is sales. I'm like, I make a little okay. bit of money doing comedy, but I still got to do the whatever the day job thing. Yeah. Um, were you doing like, like, uh, what would you call it? Like, like high pressure? Like what kind of sales were you doing to support yourself after, after you dropped out? So I was doing retail commission sales, you know? So we were selling, um, matter of fact, I worked at, uh, matter of fact, I don't even like to say the company, but <laughs> we were selling like electronics, appliances, okay. furniture, you know, every month you got your quota, uh, the stores got his quota. Uh, we had about a, about a, we've had like a million, like a million, um, about a million dollar quota every month for the whole store. And uh, my job, but I was the top writer. My job, I just had to hit my hundred K. If I did my hundred thousand in sales, you know, I'll make my little, my little money. Yeah. And uh, it was a high, it's a high pressure situation because you only get paid what you, you know what I mean? You have to build your check every yeah, month. Yeah. And I did this for like five years now in between there. I got promoted to manager at one point, stepped down from that because that was that was just stress, you know, <laughs> and I was making about the same amount just in just doing sales itself because I had gotten so good at it over time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's wild, bro, because when I started doing it, I had quit football. I literally just started working at this store because there was like, well, if you don't hit your commission, you make $10 an hour. I was like, cool, 10 bucks an hour. That's what I need. I'm trying to finance my music career. That's that's really what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to do this for about three months, stack up a little money because I was going to go to, I was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and uh, this cat had invited me out to Atlanta to come and kind of be in the music scene or whatever like that and try to try to make some connections, potentially get signed. So I was like, cool, I'm going to stack up for three months, do that. Bro, a month into this job and I get promoted. And they, they everybody telling me, oh, you can do this. You can make all this money doing this. And next thing I know, five years didn't pass. <laughs> yeah, man. Five that's how they get you. Dog. That's it, dude. Yeah. Well, if you got and the. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> what, the, what the hell just happened? Like, this is not. I ain't signed yeah. up for, for my for my whole life to be this. But I had a lot of good times, man. I learned so much. Like, that was one of the most valuable times of my life. Because before that, 
ain't never sold nothing. Like I ain't, you know, I never even considered myself a person who was very persuasive. I'm more like quiet, introverted type of cat. You know, I'm a thinker. Like that's that's generally me. But one on one, I found out I had some skills. That you I can know make I people buy shit they don't want to buy. That's a real that's a real skill. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a real skill. Like, that's a fact, dude. I it's so fact, I've man. that's been my so. In comedy, you have to have, like, a companion thing to do so you can, like, have make a living. So mine's been sales for, I mean, I've had different sales jobs going for, like, 10 years now. And it's, mm-hmm. like, you see, you see it. Like, I remember when I was in, I remember I graduated college and I was moving to New York. And I had to, I had to save money, kind of similar to you. I was, like, I need a job for, like, six months to save money. Yeah. And my friend was uh, passing out uh, timeshare packages in Colonial Williamsburg. I went to school in, like, Southern Virginia. Okay. And uh, I was like, how much do you get paid? He's like, you make 25 bucks every time someone hands you $20 and says they'll show up to a breakfast for a 90-minute spiel. And I was like, all right, that's some money. I just, I can start now. He was like, you can start, like, in 30 minutes. You can take my shift if you want. They don't care. It's the, it's a... No scruples with this company at all. You don't even have. It's like I'm. I'm sure there were no. I don't even know yeah, if I signed that's paperwork. How you get in. Yeah, dude, it was, it's like evil. So, <laughs> and I started doing it, and I was so good at it. Within three months, they had me managing East Coast trade shows. Oh, so I would literally cool. like put uh, all this like stuff for Kings Creek. Res- I shouldn't say the name either. <laughs> yeah. For this, for this evil company I work for, I already said the whole name. Uh, <laughs> I'll bleep it out. No, I won't. I'm too lazy. Uh, so I would put all this stuff in a van and I would drive to like Cincinnati or Columbus, like anywhere on like the East coast in the Eastern time zone. Yeah. And I would just convince people to come to colonial Williamsburg and like stay in this stupid cottage and take a 90 minute timeshare tour. And I started making like way better money than I thought I would. Right. And at one point it was like a year in, I was like, I was supposed to move to New York like six months ago. And I'm just <laughs> sitting, I'm like sitting in colonial Williamsburg drinking after a shift at my timeshare company and I, and I quit, but it was like, it's very, uh, I mean, you said you went five years, so I guess I, <laughs> you, they, cause they really got you good, but you gotta <laughs> like, you, yeah, you have, it's, you have to keep your, uh, whatever your priorities got to stay in line. Otherwise it's like, it's hard when the money's coming in and you're, if you have an man, if you have was, if you have an ability for something like you get sucked into it. That's it, man. It's like you realize that you're good at this because you know it's a commission job. So we the turnover was crazy. Like yeah, yeah. we had new employees every month, but the constant was me. Like I was always there, and I was like, damn. Then they moved me to the big store. I was intimidated, and within a couple months, I was top salesperson over there. So I was like, all right, this this is probably what I'm just gonna be doing for the rest of rest of my life. That's what I thought at one point. And yeah, like yeah. you say, I was making better money than um than i expected i had done the math when i was when, right before i dropped out of school i had done the math on what i was said to make as a psychologist and you know i was like well look man if i could make this rapping i'd be much happier i made that the first year in sales first year in sales and then i was over that and like almost yeah, doubling yeah. that i was like okay i think this is i think this is it but it was for me man it was kind of a soul-sucking thing just because i wasn't See how you have that and you got your company, you have your podcast. I wasn't doing none of that. I was just going to work, selling. Like I got to the point where I wouldn't even listen to music no more in a way. Time I got out of work, I had my my girl knew she had to have a drink ready for me when I get to the house. 
I was so damn. I, I was like a whole different person. Yeah, you know, what I'm you're saying? like an 80 so, year old man, like coming home from the factory. Ooh, <laughs> you're I, like I fucking dead inside. I yeah, like yeah. It, it really was. I kind of looked at what it was doing to me, and I was like, man, I, this ain't this ain't for me. But when I quit, everybody thought I was nuts. Like everybody thought I was nuts, bro. It's like, what yeah. what the hell are you gonna do? I'm gonna do a YouTube. What? <laughs> like, you heard of NCAA 14? Here, here I come, baby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was, it was like, you'll be back, but nah. Man, it's you you made the move. That's what you gotta do when you feel like the 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 call to like do yeah. something else. And it's like if I like I, I my sales job right now, which yeah. I, I don't say the name of that company because I actually like the job. But it's like it's the it's by far the best money I've ever made in my life. It's a remote job, so I can do comedy on the road. I don't miss any shows at night. I mean, it's perfect. It, it's like the perfect thing for what a comedian's schedule looks like. Yeah. But I'm like, as soon as I can make half of what I'm making now at my job doing comedy, I would yeah do comedy. Yeah. And it's like that's the goal. Like that that's like the four year arc is like, can I right. keep earning more and more until eventually I can drop the day job completely? But it's like that is not that is not the norm. That's not how most people live their lives. Most people are like searching for security, find yeah. it, and then you just bear hug it until you're uh, you know, you go yeah. nose yeah. first into your soup. That's the I wasn't I wasn't like a bud at man, like I felt all of that. And um I had just got my girl, who's my wife now, pregnant, had the kid on the way. So I think all of that like created the urgency for me because I'm like, this is it. You know what I'm saying? Like I yeah, got yeah. nine months. Once dude get here, <laughs> if I ain't got nothing popping on the internet, I'm going to have to come back to sales. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's cool. Like I was perfectly fine with that, but I wanted to shoot my shot because I took the job in the first place so I could pursue something creative. I, I wasn't fully committed to football when I was in college because I was always torn between that and trying to do something creative. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So at this point, I'm like, I'm just going to throw all it away. I'm like, nah, cats doing this on this internet, bro. I'm about to try this. I was like 27. Like I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Most cats started like gaming on YouTube. You know, they'd be, they be younger. Like yeah, a lot yeah. of my contemporaries that I started with, like with small channels with me, you know, it was more 18, 19, like still in college, that type of deal. But for me, man, I feel I like it's even younger now. I feel like it's even younger now. Huh? I feel like it's even younger now. Now even younger. Yeah. Now it's even younger for sure. It'd be like even you younger. and like a nine-year-old. Facts. <laughs> Absolute facts, man. I seen one of my one of my contemporaries post the other day, man. He's like, man, since I turned 21, did it? I was like, you 21, bro? Like, oh, bro, I'm mid-30s at this 34 at this point. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're watching him. He's like, man, so I got a really nice video. Also, my body is changing today. You're like, yeah, you're going through puberty. <laughs> like, you're puberty. a child. <laughs> you're a young child. What's – um? I, so you said you are you were in Baton Rouge and then you moved to Atlanta, yeah. but I know you're like a diehard Bengals fan. How did that happen right. if you're from Louisiana? Okay, so I'm not from Louisiana. All I'm right. From, I'm from Mississippi. A place with no team. So I was a free agent at birth. You All right. Me? Fair. My dad, diehard Cowboys fan. So unlike every other fan base in the world, I don't have a problem with the Cowboys. Like, oh, I thought, I thought for a second, I thought for a second we were going to like connect on it. I'm an Eagles fan. People hate me. <laughs> my, my wife is a Saints fan. She right. hates the cow. Like people hate me for not hating the Cowboys, but it's like, listen, man, I grew up. My dad had a damn Cowboys helmet on the mantle of the fireplace 
He watched every game. He had every jersey. He had me in the jerseys. I didn't become a Cowboys fan, but, you know, I got a soft spot for him. So I kind of, yeah, yeah. if they ain't playing my team, I, you know, I don't got no problem with the Cowboys. But anyway, my dad was a Cowboys fan. My uncle who lived literally right next to me, Eagles fan. My granddad was a Dolphins fan. So in my mind, I figured, okay, adult male, you got to have your own team. Like I thought that was just normal. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So I'm kind of searching. I'm looking for a team. Chad Johnson comes around. He got the gold grill. Again, I'm from Mississippi. So he got the gold grill. He from Florida. So he country as hell. He sound like my cousins and look like my cousins. So, and I play receiver. So kind of all of that kind of drew me into Chad. And uh, that's how I got into pulling for the Bengals. That was probably like around, I was probably like ninth grade. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? And I just kind of stuck around, bro. And then when we got that, uh, <clears throat> we lost him when Carson got hurt against the Steelers. And we brought in Andy Dalton and AJ Green and, and that whole regime. I thought I was going to jump ship and go with Chad, but my heart was still in Cincinnati. So where I did just he stay? You know what I'm saying? Where did you, did stayed. you go to Miami after that? Where did he go after the Bengals? He went to the Patriots when he left. Oh, us, yeah, that's a, right. A first. And he played like seven, eight games, and that didn't work out. Then he went to Miami and he had that, that one situation yeah, with, yeah. Um, with uh, the, the girl he was dating at the time. But yeah, but I ended up and I still I still love Chad to this day, but I just stayed with the Bengals, man. And the older I got, kind of the more I kind of planted my flag with all my friends and stuff in Baton Rouge. And I took all of them L's like, you know, I told you we worked in sales, electronic store. We got the games on every TV, but it's in Baton Rouge. So all they want to do is watch the Saints. I sneak, turn the Bengals on, everybody, oh, slam, turn, turn the damn Bengals on so they can lose. And we would, you know what I'm saying? Dude, we you, would lose, but, you know, I took all of that. So, you know, last year, man, we going to Miracle Run. That was like the dream season for me. Well, it would have been if we would have won the Super Bowl. I, th- I thought, I, I really thought you guys were going to win the Super Bowl, obviously before the Super Bowl started. I just felt yeah. like it was such a, it, it reminded me a lot of the Giants, like the Giants two Super Bowls where you're just like, why are yeah. they even here? And it's like you ask that enough and that becomes the reason that they're there because they know everybody's <laughs> saying that. And that's yeah. I was I was 100 percent like Bengals are winning it. I mean, also, like I'm just such a underdog person. It's like it's just the easiest thing to root for. Yeah. Um, root for those teams. But man, the only people who don't root for us like or didn't at least last year, it's probably going to change. But the only people who didn't root for us last year is like some, like half, 50% of the Saints fan base and the Giants fan base because they hate Eli Apple. They hate Eli oh, Apple yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's terrible on their teams and he talked crazy on Twitter. So <laughs> that was like the only thing. But everybody else was rocking with us. But some of you said it was interesting. And, and I wanted to point this out because I was talking to my boy who's a Browns fan. And he was he was conveying that same thing to me that like everybody else was shocked. Like, okay, how the hell are the Bengals here? What keeps happening? Let me tell you something. Bengals fans, by the time we got to about week 12, 13, like later in the season, matter of fact, it was when we beat the Chiefs. When we beat the Chiefs the yeah. first time, I was like, oh shit, like we, we, we pretty damn good. Like our old line is trash, but I'm like, as we was going through the playoffs, Every week, I didn't think we was going to make it to the Super Bowl when the playoffs start. But every week, I was looking at our matchups, and I was like, dog, we already beat the Raiders. Like, we beat the Raiders in the regular season. Yeah, we yeah. beat them again. We get the, we playing the Titans. I'm like, dog, we could beat the Titans. People are like, you can't beat them. I'm like, bro, they're a running team. Like, 
we we can beat we're engineered to beat teams like that we play in the afc north like yeah. we beat we swept the Ra- the ravens and we swept the steelers we lost to the browns but we're built to stop running team like we might be high and Tannehill probably gonna sell which he did the three picks the next week we get the chiefs i'm like we already beat the chiefs <laughs> their defense is horrendous their secondary was terrible i'm like if we could just kind of protect just a little bit we could we can win this game and so it kept we kept getting matchups that I was comfortable with. Now, if we would have got the Bills, I wasn't comfortable with that matchup. I felt like that would have been the worst possible matchup. And the Rams was the worst possible matchup. I was rooting for the 49ers. Yeah. The 49ers would have won. I felt like we could take them. We um we lost to them in the regular season by like three. You know what I'm saying? It was a, it was a close game, though. But the Rams, that was a tough matchup because not only did they not have any weaknesses, their strength, which is their defensive line, was going directly against the biggest weakness on our team, which is our offensive line. I was like, that ain't going to be good. <laughs> and and sure enough, that ends up being the exact reason why we lose right there at the end because we just can't get nothing going on that last drive because Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, all these damn beasts they got yeah. killing us. Dude, they, they stepped up on that last drive for sure. They did. That was, that's they did. Aaron, it's like Aaron Donald Super Bowl. Facts. Yeah, how did he not? He should have got MVP in my opinion. Like he was. Who was it? Oh, did Odell get MVP? Who got MVP? No, that gave that gave it to Stafford. Didn't he throw two? Pick? Wasn't it two picks? One pick? Uh, pick. Maybe one pick. And Stafford played a good game. He played but fine. I mean, look, I, I Stafford gets got a lot of hate for about most valuable though. And yeah, that, it was Aaron, it was Aaron Donald. But yeah, go ahead. So what you was gonna say? Stafford got a lot of hate. That's well. I was gonna say Stafford got a lot of hate. I think unfairly just from you know, the first nine years of his career. But yeah. I also think he's like maybe a little over, like it's weird. Like I yeah. can't tell he's yeah, yeah. either it's swung too way far. overrated or way underrated. And I don't <laughs> yeah. even know. It's like, it changes every week. I'm with you. He's a weird guy. To, he's a weird guy to analyze. Cause it's like, you really have to just blank out anything that happens in Detroit. Like you just got drunk and it's like a blackout <laughs> night. Like it doesn't count. It's like, you well, could okay. be there for here's three years. Issues. It feels here's, like you were there my, for a decade. <laughs> like it's not, here's my issues, man. That time he was in Detroit, he did have Megatron for a good bit of that time. Yeah, he did. And, like, I just felt like that team, even though the organization has always been trash, that's, we know this, but some of them teams was I right. Like, them teams wasn't as bad as a lot of people thought that they were. Like, he went 0-17 with Megatron or 0-16 with me. I'm like, dude, that's hard to do. Wait, did he go? I thought he got injured that season. He didn't go 0-16. That Did was he? the year. That was the year before they drafted him. Because that was get up. Maybe you're right. Yeah, that was like because that was like the um that was the Orlovsky year where he like runs out of the back of the end zone. I don't think Stafford <laughs> yeah, was. I don't think Stafford was on the team for the Owen sixteen. Or it was like they drafted him. He got hurt, and then they they tanked. I mean, I, I feel like if you go, I mean, I I don't know, man. If you're the starting quarterback for an Owen sixteen team, I don't feel like you can have a career in the end. Like. I feel like it just it just it stains you too much. Like you can't. I'm trying to think yeah. of. Do uh, you remember? Uh, I had I did a podcast. I, oh, by the way, the theme of the podcast is I talk about a backup quarterback for every episode. Feel free yeah. to pick a Bengals backup if you've got one. But I remember uh, I, I always thought Cleo Lemon was really good. <laughs> I do <laughs> not know Cleo Lemon. Cleo Lemon played like six games. In when the there was a year that the Dolphins were zero and thirteen and they beat the Ravens in Week fourteen and he was the he was like their fourth string quarterback <laughs> yeah. that came in in like Week ten and just finished out the the string of games, but it's like he you just get so associated with the 
the stench of something like that. Like it doesn't even matter if it wasn't your fault or if the you had like three different offensive coordinators in four weeks. Like nobody yeah. cares. Like it's so much of the NFL feels like just the reputation you bring with you. People just go, yeah, that's who that guy is. X. It's so hard to it's so hard to reinvent yourself or get past. A, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm surprised that Stafford is like ha- has played as well as he did this past year. I thought it would like kind of carry over with him and it didn't it's good for him yeah yeah he went to a perfect situation and he, he played his ass off man yeah they got the dub you got um i was gonna say when you were talking about ado- basically like adopting the Bengals. yeah so That's i i my dad when i was a kid he would uh this is like when i was a teenager he would spend summers in uh at fort leavenworth which is right outside of kansas city and so i had nothing to do during the summer, so I would just go to Kansas City Royals games, and they were terrible. They were the worst team in the, like, and the worst team in that, like, they weren't, like, the worst team, but the youngest team, so they're going to get, they were, like, the worst right. and the oldest, like, the worst combination of what you can Damn. be. Like, like 35-year-old minor leaguers are their best players. Gotcha. And so I just, I just started to love, I mean, the Kansas City Royals. For three summers, I would go out there and just watch these meaningless games where they're just getting crushed by the Yankees. Yeah. And... Something and then they won the World Series like ten years later, and it was kind of like it became my second team after the the Phillies. Yeah. And I was like, man, there's such a re- a reward for sticking with the team when it sucks. Nice. Like it, like it really does. Like that's why again, like I thought first off, I was hoping the 49ers would win so that you guys could just play those old clips. You was from the Joe Montana yeah. Bengals Super. Bowl. Like, I thought like that yeah. would have been. Twitter was low enough for that. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That would have yeah. been the shit. Like, I was I was so hoping for that. Um, but whatever. I mean, like I said, good for good for Stafford. It's fine. But to me, the, the story was, would have been 49ers, Bengals, Bengals get over the hump. That yeah. I was with I was with you guys in spirit. And uh, we appreciate it, man. We needed it. <laughs> we needed all the love. Now you say your squad is Philly. Yeah, so my dad's so I was in the my dad was in the army, so we moved around a bunch. So I had lived in uh, South Carolina, Louisiana, New Jersey, Virginia, and my dad was from Philly, so he just brainwashed me as a kid to be like, <laughs> "You will like all Philly teams." Yeah. So those are always my number one team, and then I have kind of random teams I'll root for just based off like I went to a Hornets game when I was eight and had a good time. Yeah, so I root for yeah. the Hornets or I, I actually do like the saints a lot because when I lived in Louisiana, we went to a, a game at the Superdome. I like so I like Houston teams. That's why I'm wearing my, I was, I was going to ask you about, that. I mean, come on, this is a great hat. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, you're rocking the Oilers it, hat. It's like. moments like this. I wish there was a video element of this podcast because the audience is really missing out on the oil Derek hat I'm yeah. wearing right now. That ought to be like the cover for this episode. It really this should be. Hat. Yeah. yeah, it's like the hat and like you're like peeking out of it for a second, but it's like <laughs> the episode just called Houston Oilers hat with Flemmo. <laughs> Dude, I, I was also, I'm thinking you, I mean, you're following, you by far are the most famous person to do my podcast. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, man. I mean, you have legitimate, I mean, you're like almost a million subscribers on YouTube. That's like crazy, you have crazy reach with your, I mean, I, I when I started the podcast, I would go like. Be like, I'm gonna get uh, Matthew McConaughey on the show. I saw he did a podcast <laughs> last week. Like, I just had these like yeah, grandiose yeah. ideas of booking everybody, but getting yeah. you, I was telling like I was telling my wife all week. I was like, I got like a real guest on the show. 
Like this dude's got like a following. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just my shitty comic friends coming on the show to bullshit for an hour. Uh, Man, when you hit me, I thought the idea was dope. I was I was confused. I was like, okay, he say every episode we talk about a backup quarterback. What the hell does that mean? I gotta go on here just to see, like, dude. Just, what is what is that even? You know what I'm saying? So like, I'll, how in depth talk about him? I'll tell you, man. So I think when I started the podcast, I I might have been unintentionally like trying to do an impression of your YouTube show. I was like, every uh, I'm gonna do all this research. I'm gonna have yeah. like the facts of this dude's life. Yeah, and by the second episode, it just turned into me doing stupid bits with my friends and reading the guy's <laughs> Wikipedia page and making fun of him. That's it. There's no research. Like, like I've done podcasts where I who is the guy? Oh God, I'm forgetting who it was. Oh, uh, oh my God, uh, Eric Kramer. I don't know if you remember him. He was like a uh, Bears Lions that. backup quarterback. Okay. So I picked him just because, like, his name rhymed with something. I was like, oh, that'll be funny. His name rhymes with this joke I want to tell. <laughs> and then on the podcast, I start reading about him, and I found out that he, like, shot himself in the head, oh survived God. it, got, like, me too by this lady, but then, like, sued the lady, found out she was, <laughs> like, she, yeah. got, she, she went to jail for senior abuse. And I'm like, I'm finding all this out, like, on the air with my guests being like, this was the worst decision ever. To Dude. do a podcast <laughs> on this guy, does sound like one of my videos. Like, <laughs> but you, his but, life was going crazy, and that probably was all in like a eight the, year span. But here's the difference: in your video, you would know that that's going to happen in the YouTube video. With me, I'm like Eric Kramer. Let's listen to this mother, and then I'm reading it like, oh, this isn't funny. This is sat. Like I'm yeah. going through the yeah, emotions yeah, yeah, yeah. of realizing you it with that the wrong tone. I, I yeah, exactly. It. Like it's yeah. very clear that I do zero prep. But in that way, you are the. Um, Man, you're you're the north you're the north star for all of us, man. You do all I the that, you do man. all the research. Yeah, it's the videos are put together. Yeah. I mean, it's I, I thought, like I said, I had a big idea that that was what I was gonna do, and it did not fucking happen. <laughs> man, it's uh, it's one of them things. I tell you where I, where I kind of got the the idea from. It was uh, guys covering uh, NBA stories. It was a bunch of dudes covering NBA stories because. The NBA YouTubers got permission. Like they got like a partnership with the NBA where they can use actual, they could use clips. So I saw that probably a year before I even started doing the type of videos that I do. And um, I started contacting all the, the football highlight channels. Like, Hey man, y'all getting copyright strike for this. Or like what was happening with these? It was like, well, they're just going to claim every single one of them. You can't, you know, I'm like, man, I got family. I can't, that ain't going to work. You know what I'm saying? I can't pivot to that if I can't make a living off of it. Yeah. So I gave it like a year. And then, matter of fact, my boy, KTO, who I'm doing, the, uh, who I did the podcast with, he was doing like something real similar. And so I saw his and then I was like, OK, he wasn't on camera or anything like that. But I was like, I could put kind of my life experiences into this and and cover these things in a way that I don't see the media do it. And I could tell you, like everybody heard the, the bit Stephen A. Smith used to do. Uh, to stay off the weed with uh with Josh Gordon, right? Yeah, yeah. And I I was just like, okay. I started looking up Josh's story. And I was like, bro, they don't cover none of this. I'm like, bro, this man went through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He went through it. I'm like, I, I never knew that. I've been running around using this dude like a damn punchline. This man is a damn survivor. Like, what, am, yeah, <laughs> what yeah. are we doing? Like, you know what I'm saying? So I did. That wasn't even the first video I did. But it was just stuff like that is what I'm saying is that um kind of pushed me into wanting to do it man because i know 
I was kind of relating it back to, to my real life. And like, I know so many people that's, you know, gen, generally good people. They got the same values as all the rest of us. You know what I'm saying? They care about their family. They care about the kids, da, da, da. But they get caught up in these bad situations and then they get labeled forever. And it don't change the fact, like I always try to convey in the videos, it don't change the fact that they did X, Y, and Z. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we not necessarily going to look past that. But let's just tell the whole damn story and let the people feel how they feel about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I do know what you're saying. And I remember, uh, and Stephen A does a lot of that hack shit where he just like, he just trashes people for five. And I'm like, I remember when Kwame Brown came out and was like, and just explained, he was like, do you know what it's like to have Michael Jordan call you a pussy when you're 18? Does anybody, does anybody in the world know what that feels like besides me? (laughs) And then, like, he's like, I saw him on a podcast with, like, Aton Thomas or, like, some of the backup power forwards on the Wizards in 2001. And they were all like, bro, we were all worried for you, man. We thought you would kill yourself. Like, he was a kid. He's a kid. And and they're also, like, I just remember, I mean, I'm Kwame Brown's age. I think he's exactly 36. I went to school. I lived in, I went to high school in D.C. So everybody was clowning on him all the time, including me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like. Now you look back at it and you're like, dude, he was my age. He was yeah. he was literally the same age as me. I'm, I think of how big of an idiot I was like yeah. three years ago when I was 33. <laughs> to, 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 yeah. I, the idea. Yeah. And we've all done that, man. Yeah. I know I did it a bunch, especially growing up. I remember the Kwame Brown, the Kwame Brown jokes, too. Yeah. Like we was making them. You know what I'm saying? And listen, it's, jokes is fine, bro. You want to joke or you want to troll a little bit on Twitter. Look, I ain't. That's that that is what that is. But my whole thing is just understand though. Like understand like when we when we get real, understand like what a person have actually gone through. That way you at least know where to kind of draw the line. You know what I'm saying? I try not to say nothing on the internet. I wouldn't say directly to a person's face. Like yeah, if yeah. I wouldn't say it directly to them, I try not, I try my damnness to never say it on the internet. You know what I'm saying? Just from a a respect factor. Like that just kind of helped me me deal with myself help me look in the mirror because i honestly would feel bad like if i get on there and like trash somebody and then i see them and i feel the need to like sugarcoat things it's like bro you should have just you shouldn't have said that shit like if that's how you feel you shouldn't have said that well i love i love that rule of you wouldn't say it on the internet if you wouldn't say it to somebody's face that is a rule that i 100 percent do not follow (laughs) <laughs> and if I saw them in real life, I would turn and sprint full speed the opposite direction, as like a coward should. Uh, but but no, I, I also f- totally feel what you're saying about like, there's this, because I'm a, I'm a comic. I joke about terrible things, obviously. Right, like, that's right, what right, I right. do. But it's like, it's sometimes when I watch some, especially it's like media personalities where I'm like, they just have to have a take on something. And it yeah. feels like there's no real soul behind it. It's just like, I got to have a take, F this guy, this guy's weak, this guy, this guy chokes, blah, blah, blah. And they just, there's no care for the fact that like that becomes the narrative that you're saying about that dude. It doesn't really matter that it's true. What matters is like you had two minutes to fill before a commercial and you said it and now it just lives forever. Man, and to, like, to empathize with those people, though, like if you take those jobs and you're paid to have an opinion on stuff every single day. I'm not sure how you avoid it. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why I, I didn't go that route with like daily doing daily stuff because then I got to have an opinion on everything that happened the second it happened. 
Yeah. And then there becomes an expectation over time. Like if Stephen A went off the, this one time and they got hella views for it, he know that in the back of his mind. And as a human, there's no way to like not just kind of want to go up. Like, OK, I'm looking for something to go off because that's what the people want from me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And so you kind of get caught in that in that damn circle. And I don't really think you can get out of it. So that's the beautiful thing about the Internet. You can kind of control how you do your content. You I know, do. Whereas they probably didn't have that type of flexibility, you know. I do think it's changing, man. Like I, I, I even watch like, uh, like Ryan Leaf now, like host Rich Eisen yeah, show when yeah, he's yeah. gone, and I it's like, like and I like the fact that it's. I feel like we're able to now look at these guys as people, and he can be honest. He can be like, I smoked crack at halftime. I was not ready to be in the yeah. end. like whatever. Like he just says yeah, 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 yeah. his stuff, and we all get to, uh, you know, we all get to see like I think a more full version of the people they are. Right. And like I, to me, like I said, I think your content is like a great example of that's what I think people are much more interested in. I think they're just used to what they see on like sports debate shows. And by the way, all of this goes to politics as well. It's like right. they get the little little clip so that they can yeah. feel like I agree with the thing that I heard. And it's not right, about right. nobody gets the full context. Yeah. Yeah. It's really annoying. Not to be plugging on here, but speaking of Ryan Lee, did you see the my life the one I did on Ryan Leaf? That's one of my favorite videos. As a matter I don't know if I did. If you haven't seen it, maybe check that one out where you get a shot, man. That's a good one to watch. I will one hundred percent do that. Ryan Leaf. I also gotta tell you, man, I just realized the Zoom call's ending in a minute. Can I send you a second link and we can yeah, I kinda wanna yeah. keep it too much longer too, but we can we can wrap it up. Yeah, send me the other link. I'll send you a link right now. All right, cool. If you're listening to the podcast right now, that means we have reached the point where the Zoom link died. So Flemlo will be back in approximately 45 seconds. Until then, I'd like to issue a challenge to my listeners. The call-in number is 323-716-6072. Anybody who calls in right now will get $5. You just leave your Venmo handle and ask me a question on the voicemail. That number 323-716-6072. And I'll just send you $5. Unlimited. As many people as possible. I have a feeling that only my mom is listening at this point an hour in. So let's see how many of you motherfuckers actually hang out for the whole podcast. I'm just going to send you $5 to call this number right now. 323-716-6072. Leave your Venmo handle. Ask a question. $5. I'll do that for as many people calling as possible. I'll, I'll do it for the first three people. If you're one of the first three people to do it. I, I don't have... This is a free podcast. I'm not going to spend... I'd be pissed if 300 of you call in at that point. So here's the deal. First three people, five bucks, 323-716-6072. Call in now. All right, back to Flumlo. Yeah. I just noticed while you were up, I was like, How, has my face been this red my whole life? Does I've got like a very red face right now. <laughs> <laughs> I look like yeah, I've been dating yeah. Amber Heard. I look like I've been getting <laughs> knocked around. <laughs> I just, as I was waiting for you, I was like, Jesus Christ, is that my face? What is happening? <laughs> Man, I'll be feeling like that when I, um, 
you gotta edit edit down two and a half hours of yourself you constantly looking at yourself like damn when did i get that pimple right there i got be messing with the the color and all of that hey also before we jump off here i did have a, a backup quarterback i just wanted to mention like you know what i'm Dude, saying i ain't got his whole life story or nothing like that but whoever i, I will say this whoever you mention. In the beginning part of the podcast, I will do a full 30 minutes on him just by the fact that you mentioned them now. Oh, so you're on. determining the direction of this podcast in this moment. So let's hear okay. it. Who's the backup okay. for this episode? The backup for this episode is going to be none other than Carolina Panther, PJ Walker. Love it. The guy from Temple. The guy from Temple. Hell That's yeah, right. dude. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Man, so PJ Walker, the reason I even got acquainted with him was... You know, I, I covered the spring leagues also on the channel. It's just something fun I like to do in the offseason, right? So I covered like XFL. Okay. Um, I live in Houston. So my team was the Houston Roughnecks. That was my squad I was rolling with in the XFL. PJ Walker was the quarterback of that team. And this man was an absolute beast. We were six and old <laughs> when the league got shut down. And PJ, I'm talking about, bro. His XFL highlights, he was out there looking like Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson type. You know what I'm saying? I was yeah, like, yeah. bro, this man could play in the league. Like, you know, he ain't going to be a starter, but he could play in the league. That's how I felt. And um, sure enough, the um, the Panthers picked him up, and then they re-signed him that next year. So he signed like maybe a two or three-year extension, I think, this past season to remain there as a backup. So it's just a dope story because I think he maybe was like on the coach practice squad right before that when he came out of Temple, but yeah. he never was like officially on the roster until after the XFL. And the XFL got shut down because of the pandemic. So he only got to play half a season. But in that half a season, he played well enough to continue his career and move back up into the NFL. And, you know, he just got a dope story because so, of that. So much of it with these guys is like, they don't have a chance to play if they're the if they're just like a a practice string guy like they used to have NFL yeah. Europe they used to have places yeah. you know I guess now you could say the CFL but yeah. I actually had I don't know if you probably don't know Jabron Hamden but he was a backup in the NFL he did my show and he right. talked about when you go to the CFL like there's an extra player on the field like it's yeah. a completely different game the field is wider too yeah right? the, it's yeah it's like it's actually kind of dangerous for quarterbacks because you're it's all about the timing to not get destroyed in the pocket when there's right. an extra defender coming at you and you're just not used to it it can like it can really mess you up yeah so i guess like the whole the whole point is like i i want the usfl the xfl i want all mm -hmm. these leagues to work because mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's like we get to watch more football and there's going to be guys like pj walker like uh who's the guy uh oh my god i, I uh, Lou, is it perez there's a guy. There's a quarterback named Perez in the USFL that's playing well right now. Ah, uh, 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 I it, know. It's not Lou it Perez. Luis? Luis. It's Luis. It's Luis Perez. Might be Luis. Yeah. I feel like he got was on the Eagles practice squad for like a week, and that's why I know yeah. him. But yeah, there's yeah. a lot of guys like that where it's like, you know, if they get to play a full season of football and develop like that, they could have better NFL careers. Like you really don't know until like people have the opportunity. So that's facts, man. And I and everybody's like everybody complains about the quarterback play. It's like, man, I personally I like when the quarterback quarterback play sucks because I feel like I could play quarterback. Like it makes me <laughs> feel like I like I love dude college football. I watch like Mac football. Like that's my football. Oh, yeah? I like okay. to watch the games where I feel like if I really needed to, I could step in and the team wouldn't get blown out that bad. Like I could do a down at fullback. 
and not yeah. embarrass myself in in MAC competition against Ball you, State. You know what? That actually make a lot of sense, man. <laughs> I make a lot of sense, dude. It's like I I like. I mean, I don't know, man. I like the. Uh, if I have an issue with the NFL, I mean, an issue with the NFL, just just my personal like preference is like. It feels like everything looks the same. Like it's very like com- it's a very like commercialized, glossed over okay, product yep, now. Yep, yep, yep. Versus when you watch college football, like sometimes you watch games and there's three thousand people there. It's like a step above a high school football game, and there, to me, there's like some character in that. Like I like the yeah. fact that it's not like not every game is sold out and seen on national TV. That there's like a little bit of mystery to it. And yeah. so for me, uh, like, like I like, I mean, I don't know when you watch like old football highlights from the eighties or something mm-hmm. and you'll just be like, you know, whatever It's obviously way more dangerous for the players. And obviously there's a bunch of other things that were wrong, but right. there's something about like the, it feels a little more like everybody's game. I don't know if I'm saying it right. It feels, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know that I agree. Let me hear it. I've heard that argument and, um, I can, I can see why people feel that way. And I might feel that way if I wasn't a Bengals fan. Right. (laughs) All right. But because I am and have been a Bengals fan for so long, the game for me, they don't, they don't necessarily look the same. Like even, even when we were good, right? Like I'll go back to Carson Palmer. Okay. I remember I was going to Southern university when we had Carson Palmer during that time. Right. And so I'm watching a ton of Saints game because all my friends are Saints fans. I'm watching Drew Brees. And I was like, oh, my God, if Carson gets a high snap, the play is over. OK, if the rusher come off the blind side, it's, it's done. But I watch Drew Brees. I'm like, man, his footwork is unbelievable. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, Carson, we do seven step drops. Like At that time, we was doing five and seven step drops in Cincinnati. We had a great offensive line back then. But. <clears throat> The, the Saints was doing that one-two bow, that one-two pop. They was getting it out quick. And I started to notice, like, a lot of little little subtle differences. And, like, even now in the AFC North, for example, the, the Bengals, like, our brand of football is more along the line. It's more set up to beat teams like the Chiefs or to keep up with teams like the Chiefs, whereas the majority of the teams in the AFC North are, like, if you look at the Browns, they just built to pound the ball. You know what I'm saying? So even yeah, yeah. though like the, the differences might, they might seem a little bit subtle, you'll start to notice, okay, the Bengals always got three receivers. We always in a three receiver set, always. On defense, we always going to go three safeties. The Browns play completely different. The, the Ravens last year, they going to blitz 60% of the time. And like, I never really noticed it until Joe Burrow was able to take advantage of it. Cause when we yeah. had Andy and even Joe's first year, he couldn't, he was, he was out there running for his life, man. He looked completely, when we played Baltimore, it looked like a, like a, a meme, the way he was running backwards. Cause they hold, they were just sending those blisses and he didn't know where to go with it. Um, Lamar kind of looked like that when they played the Dolphins a couple years, I mean, uh, the year before last too. But <clears throat> I started to notice those little things, man. And like when you have a real quarterback, Third down just completely changes. It's just, it's so different in like the little small, the little small nuances and small details. And I watch watching people like, uh, it's a dude named Brett Coleman on YouTube. He kind of does these high level kind of like football breakdowns. Cause I'm still, I'm still in here going off of knowledge that I learned when I played in high school and college. Right. So yeah. I'm trying to 
understand what I'm looking at based off of the information I got 10 years, you know, 15, 20 years ago almost now. So watching him, it, it updated a lot of my, a lot of my kind of understanding. And man, the NFL, it's a, it's more of a cerebral game. Like it really is, bro. That's why yeah. they always, they always kind of doubt players like, like a Lamar Jackson when they come out, because, you know, they're looking at his game and thinking, okay, he got all of the physical tools, but is he going to be able to, which he has proved now that he can, but they're like, is he going to be able to process all of this stuff going on? And it's, I don't know, it's fascinating to me. It's fascinating to me that a dude like Tom Brady who ran a seven flat can become the, the greatest quarterback ever. It's like, how? Like, how is he doing that? So I start paying more and more attention to him and just the way, just the way he approached the game. That's why I like Joe Burrow, our quarterback now, so much. And I think he can, he can really be something great. Is because that style of play, like I finally understand why that's the the preferred kind of like quarterback style of play. When I was young, I, I never got that. I wouldn't have dreamed in a million years Jamarcus Russell was going to be the biggest bust of all time. <laughs> he could throw the ball 80 yards from his knees. Yeah, what yeah. you mean he's going to be a bust? You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. I, I really, over these last few years, I've kind of gotten into like enjoying a lot of the nuances of the game. And um, kind of get, I didn't kind of got romantic about the NFL, man. I ain't gonna lie. Like I've gotten to the point where I'm so into the NFL at this point, like over the last probably two years. Yeah. And it's like, I, I'm starting to realize why NFL have been keen for so long, man. But, but I do think I'm gonna get back into college football. Oddly enough, because of like the NIL, because it's like teams are kind of starting to stack talent again and like some of the big brands i think are going to be interesting again yeah you know i'm in the storylines you watch my videos i watch I your like videos I'm, I'm i'm waiting i'm waiting for your video on eastern michigan football oh the oh, worst eastern michigan the worst college football team in the history of college <laughs> see, like <laughs> see that's something more like my boy kto would do like he like to do like those period pieces on like a whole organization yeah, yeah, yeah. I, i'll do those from time to time but, you know, most of the time with me, it's a deep dive into like an individual, like most of the time. And I'll say this, too. I love that you took my dumb statement and read way further into it than what I meant. You're talking about the nuances of the game and how the quarterbacks play and how offenses manipulate defenses and the and the mind games. Yeah. When I said it looks different, I was literally talking about their uniforms and the stadiums. <laughs> Like, I'm an idiot. I was talking oh, okay. about, like, I don't like that the Vikings play indoors. Like, I have dumb complaints <laughs> about the NFL where I was like, I want it to look like it looked in the 90s. Like, that's literally, yeah. when I say what it looks like, I'm literally talking about the colors in front of my face. I like, I like the old Buccaneers uniforms, and I think. uh with the crane circle joint? Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> You like those? Hell yeah, I like those. Man. Dude, the uglier, the uglier. I don't hate the, them. The uglier, the better. Like that, the, the, so you like the Pittsburgh Bumblebee joints? No, those are ugly. Those are terrible. Oh, yeah, those are trash. Here's They're the thing. Really I think everybody, every team in professional sports should be wearing exactly what they wore in 1988. Whatever it was in 1988, everybody had it perfect. That was a good year. That was, I was born in 1988. Eight, there you go, man. See, I didn't even do that on purpose. <laughs> I, that, that's how good of a podcast host I am. You I just in, I intuited that you were born in 1988, and that was the year. Every everything should have just stopped right there. <laughs> no, dude, it's like is concerned. I'm like, look, I'm an Eagles fan. I like the Kelly right. Green. I'm, you know, my my whole family yeah. is. Uh, I was about to say Redskins. Uh, whatever, Commanders fans. 
okay, like yeah, the yeah, yeah. I like the old like red tops, burgundy pants, and like the spear on the like I like the vintagey yeah. stuff. So that's yeah. when I say like that's my complaint about the NFL is I feel like they don't embrace that. They had that rule, that's- that helmet rule. So where they can't wear the teams can't wear their backups. They literally just changed it a year ago. I was about to say, I think they literally did just change. Literally it. just changed it. So the Eagles and the first two teams that announced that they're bringing back their old uniforms, not next year, but the following are Eagles Kelly Green and yeah. Tampa Bay Creamsicle. So you know what? NFL is about to go up in my book, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Like that's that's the level of analyzing that I do. <laughs> Hey, ain't that road there? I gotta ask you though, man. How you feel about getting AJ Brown? Oh hell, dude, yes. I, I thought the Eagles had. I thought that was like the best draft. I mean, I usually don't watch the draft. I just read about it the next day. But yeah. my buddy texted me. We just traded um, for AJ Brown. I was like, I don't care what we traded. I don't care. As, <laughs> I don't care if we gave. I, I don't care how many first round picks it was. I don't care. That's what we needed. And the yeah. truth is, is like I love Jalen. And I want him to be the guy. But if he yeah. isn't the guy, now we'll know. And if you will it, know for a fact after this year. It felt like they were we were they were never gonna let us really know. It felt like they were gonna kind of tank the roster, not yeah. have real weapons for him, and then say, yeah. Hey, we gave him two years, and then like let that be that. But with this move, it's like you actually look at the whatever, the team that they built around him in, in skill positions, you're like, look, we made the playoffs last year and we're better on offense now so yeah. i mean look i think he's gonna get better because he's like a he's just a hard worker and he's already faced adversity so i'm like i'm in on i'm in on Jalen, but i'm also like if it doesn't work out i'll feel good about that too now yeah because at least you'll know for sure but i got y'all coming out the uh at the nfc east too oh do you i see i still think the cowboys are better but i, think I don't know better than the cowboys man, i'm gonna be honest i don't really think the cowboys is they got they have parsons I think their yeah. corner is uh, Diggs is a little bit overrated. He creates turnovers, but he blows so many assignments. It's like, well, the turnovers are great. Yeah, but I that think, whole really defense was improved last year. Team. They lost Amari Cooper. Like, their line is not what it used to be. Zeke definitely ain't what he was. You know, I know Pollard is good, but they lost. Didn't they lose? Uh, did they keep Cooper? Not Cooper. No, no, no. Uh, they got they got rid of Amari. The other one. Uh, I can't. Not, not Cooper. I know Coop Amari is in in Cleveland. The other one, the other receiver. He was a third receiver. I can't think of his name right now. Is it B- Gallup? Is it Michael B- Gallup? Okay. Did they resign B- him? I don't know. I don't know either. But he was he was coming on last year. He got hurt. <clears throat> but he was he was starting to look pretty good. But I don't know if they got him back or if they lost him. But yeah, I, I got the Eagles, man. I really do. I think the Eagles gonna come out of that mm-hmm. division. I'll take it. That'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be happy. Yeah, look, I, look, I'll be. Uh, I, I'm gonna let, let you get out on this because this is the question that inevitably comes up on every podcast. I am an Eagles fan. Okay, Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl for the Eagles. Yeah, right. The next yeah. season, they should have traded Carson Wentz and let Nick Foles be the quarterback. Am I right or am I wrong? <sighs> it's complicated. No, it's complicated. It's, it ain't that, it's not that complicated. It's very complicated. Here's what I think. And here's why, man, because Nick Foles has been an average quarterback his entire career. But when you say Carson that. Carson Wentz but, was looking like, before he got hurt, he was ascending to become an elite quarterback. Flem love, right? Flem love, Foles flem takes love. over. Let me tell you, man, when I this turned that, that Super Bowl on and I said, Nick Foles is starting? 
I was like, ah, I don't want to watch. But he ended up balling, like, you know what I'm saying? But he never balled again after that. <laughs> you know what never, like, wait a second, never balled again. Okay, I got, I have to, I'm I have not to saying he never had another good game, but this like, is he what, never had another season, like. 2013, Nick uh-huh. Foles is a second-year quarterback with the Eagles. Do you know what his, I know you don't know off the top of your head, I'm sure, what his I stats were. Absolutely. But nice. I do. Talk to me. He had 27 touchdowns and okay. two interceptions. Okay, that sounds good. Wait, 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 no, 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 wait. I'm gonna say the numbers again. You told me it sounds good. He had. <laughs> I need tw- the rest of the context. Okay, I'm looking. Here's at the context. It. He threw he had- for 2,800 yards. All right, let's hear. What it. did he do on third downs? I don't know. What did he? He threw it. 27 touchdowns and two picks. That was that's in the chip. Good. Ca- that- that's very. It's, that's those stats look good, but again, he only threw for 2,800 yards. Man, he probably was dinking, dunking his ass off, playing <laughs> super safe. Probably, I don't know, because again, I I wasn't like watching the Eagles every year. Yeah. I'm just looking at the stats, trying to, you know. Extrapolate. I, but after that, man, the next year he was 13 and 10. 13 touchdowns, 10 picks. Seven touchdowns, 10 picks. Like he never. But this so is what yeah, 2013, I, he did have a good season. He, I'll give you, I'll give you that. But Andy Dalton had good seasons too, man. Andy Dalton. Andy was, Dalton did, he yeah. He made multiple Pro Bowlers. And guess what? I knew, just like every realistic Bengals fans knew, we was never winning the Super. We won't win the Super Bowl with Andy Dalton unless we just got extremely, extremely lucky or the roster was perfect. We yeah. had teams, those Andy Dalton teams, bro. If we'd have had a playmaking quarterback or a quarterback who could actually play well in pressure situations, I promise you that we wouldn't have just now ended our playoff drought. I ain't saying we would have won a Super Bowl, but we would have, man, we made the playoffs five years in a row and lost every one of them. And you know what Andy did? One touchdown, six picks in them games. Yeah. That's, that's well, in the that's playoffs, bad. everything gets magnified. The th- in defense of, uh, my boy, Nick okay. Foles. Yeah. What about magic? What? When does magic get to enter the conversation? Is is there a thing where this dude puts on midnight green and all of a sudden is a better quarterback than he would be normally? Because to me, I look. I I played sports. I don't discredit that. But I, that that's what I feel like the Eagles kind of discredited. Like I'll say this as a fan: after we won the Super Bowl, I was like. I don't care if we go four and twelve next year. I just want to watch Nick Foles be the quarterback. Like that was honest. You know that That's was honestly fair. my feeling. Is like yeah. I get why like the the right organizational choice is to like you try to let Carson work back. But they also yeah. built a statue of Nick Foles at the stadium while Carson Wentz was still the quarterback. It yeah, was that like whole thing y'all was doing was very weird. Dude, I forgot about the statue. It, it, it's the biggest thing. I, I I did a bit on the podcast. I'm not going to redo the whole thing, but it was basically like if you were <laughs> if your girl had a statue of the last guy she was hooking up with in the kitchen and you had to walk by it every time you got a sandwich, how would you feel? Like Carson Wentz was never going to work out in Philly. Like when they yeah, won that Super Bowl, that. it, it was, was like you they ha- they should have just cut their losses and been like, look, we're probably going to suck for three years, but obviously we have to make Nick Foles the quarterback. And you just yeah. you just you just ride that train into hell, and then two years later you draft somebody else. I thought, yeah. and I'll, I'll say this: I'm happy. I'm not happy that you know Carson Wentz's uh, career is trash now. I, that's not true. I am, but the point is, is like <laughs> I feel I feel vindicated that at the time I felt like I was the only person being like. Trade Carson Wentz. He's never yeah. going to work out in Philly. People made fun of me, and it came true. And I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying it. My argument was not. And Nick Foles would have won the Super Bowl next year. I don't think he. 
they would have been seven and nine at, at best. Man, but but I'm at least I'm just glad that the Bengals did not have to make that decision. You know, now that you kind of broken down, I actually agree with you. Yeah, yeah they traded him. I agree with you. I love, dude. Yeah. I got, I got the, I got the preeminent YouTube uh, historian for sports to change his mind on Nick Foles. Oh Th- yeah. yeah, this yeah. is a successful I'm back, podcast. I'm back in on, on Nick Foles, man. Because and then also they knew Carson Wentz though. Like now that I've kind of followed Carson Wentz for a while, he goes to Indianapolis and like there's these constant things about like his character. It come up over and over and over and over and over. He was in house. So they had to know a lot of that stuff, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? So with all of that kind of going in together, like the public, we didn't know that at the time. So I, I understood why they was keeping Wentz at the time, because I thought he was going to actually be able to bounce back and kind of get back on that role that he was on for them six games that his whole kind of career is, is based on at this point, or seven game, however long that stretch was before he got hurt. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, man, I agree with you. I yeah. think y'all should have did that. And if, like I said, if that was the Bengals, it's it's an impossible situation. Like it's an impossible situation. Because if you trade Carson Wentz and he end up going crazy on another team, and you know what I'm saying, you had him. He was an MVP candidate yeah. before he got hurt. You just don't trade him. And now what? Like what if he end up being like the dude somewhere else? You're gonna be sitting over there like we had this man, and we just traded him because he got hurt. I would have been all right with it. You'd have been cool. I mean, literally, I if he, he got traded that. to the Dolphins, if you would. I mean, if you had to watch him in the playoffs or something, I'm he telling was you, going deep in the playoffs, you wouldn't. I'm telling you, man. As a, as a Philly fan, and like yeah, yeah. the the it's not like the Eagles were terrible when I was growing up. They were in the '90s, but then you know with McNabb, they were great. Yeah. But like the hunger and that is a football city. Even though like the Phillies had won a World Series and the Sixers won in the '80s and the Flyers won, who knows? The city was waiting for the football team to win a Super Bowl. The release of that, it was like it would have been the first year in Philly sports where we could have been kind of chill about our football team. We've Philly has no chill when it comes to. I mean, we threw, yeah. we tried to murder Santa Claus. Like it's not a chill <laughs> place to watch a football game. Like people are pretty yeah. amped up. If they had kept Foles, I felt like it would have been an easy year. Like the Eagles would have lost, and I wouldn't have been upset for a couple of days afterward. We, I would have just yeah. accepted it. But yeah. when they kept Wentz, I was like, oh, okay, I guess that means we got to go back now. Like, it was almost like they were, it sounds like it, it's, it's the dumbest take ever, but I wish they weren't trying to win the year after the Super Bowl. I wish they were just, I would have preferred an 8-8 eight and eight season with Nick Foles and destroying the future of the team for three years because it was like, I don't feel like we got to enjoy the craziness of a backup quarterback winning the first Super Bowl in Philly. I feel like yeah. it went right back into the drama and it was like, it seemed like I said they built a stat. He had to Carson had to walk by a statue of the dude, one of the that took over. Situations. Like, why would you build the statue while the other guy is still there? It was like, it was like they didn't even want him to do well. They didn't think that through at all. No, I can say that they no. definitely didn't. Look, man, we're we're over time, and I, I'm sure the I uh, I don't know if you know most professional podcasts has has the Zoom link crap out halfway through. That's usually how. Man, really good podcast. A bunch of podcasts. Even when I was doing mine, and I was doing it with the same host, and we were sending them links right at the left. Like, you understand? <laughs> I understand, man. Yeah, issues at the time. Well, look. Tell uh, first off, I will say before you plug yourself, I will plug you. If you're not following Flemlo right now on YouTube, you need to be. It's uh, Flemlo Raps. But is there anything else? Like, where else can my uh, my fans find you? Support you? Uh, let them know. 
And my main the main thing is YouTube and Flimlo Raps, but I also use Twitter decent a bit. Flimlo Raps over there. Flimlo Raps everywhere. FlimloRaps.com, Flimlo Raps on Instagram, Facebook. We everywhere. All right, man. Well, look, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, I hope you'll consider coming back later on. It was great chatting yeah, yeah, with you. Back, and uh, it, was a, it was a fun combo. It was a good man. It was a good time, man. Uh, thanks yeah. for doing it. All right, dude. Appreciate it. Nah, later. Later, man. You too. Thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to appear on Bringing the Backups, call into 323-716-6072 and ask me anything. To help us grow, you can rate and review the pod on Apple Podcast, subscribe on Spotify, or subscribe and leave me a comment on YouTube. If you'd like to see me perform, go to erichelwig.com where you can hop on my newsletter and follow my bands in town, which will let you know when I'm performing near you. You can also check out my merch store and follow me on social media. Lastly, the best thing you can do for the show is tell your friends. Word of mouth is free and greatly appreciated. Thanks for your support, and I'll see you on the next episode.